0: Welcome in, welcome in. How you doing? It is a Thursday edition. Mike Steeley here at Caven's Group. Always love being out here, seeing uh, Gary and the crew out here at Caven's Group. They are the very best at what they do when you have an emergency situation. You've got fire damage, water damage, uh, busted pipe. You have uh, roof issues. They're great with that, too. My man Chris Smith out here heads up that department. They are the best in the business. When you need help, you need immediate help. Uh, again, when the uh, fire truck, you know, pays you a visit, when the pipes break, when the building or your home floods, uh, when you see mold growth in your home or business, Cavens is the place to call and they are the best. In Norman and Oklahoma City, 405-573-3048. In Stillwater, Tulsa, 918-282-7612. Online at Cavens Group, C-A-V-I-N-S, caven'sgroup.com. And, again, uh, you know, you, you you hope to never have to make that call, but, you know, chances are at some point you, you're you probably going to have to make one of those at some point in your life. So why not go ahead and put that number in, uh, in your phone, in your contacts, Caven's. that way you don't have to mess around and uh, they will get there uh, with a very fast response with the best teams in the business to get you taken care of at Cavins Group. Again, in uh, the Oklahoma City metro area, 405-573-3048. And in Tulsa, 918-282-7612. Duke is out here feeling good, feeling fired up about the SEC uh, opponents reveal yesterday, and uh, Parker Thune, what did you think of the uh, Sooners? Uh, you know, teams that they got: Bama at home, Tennessee at home, South Carolina at home. Their away opponents: LSU, Old Miss, Auburn, and Missouri. Of course, you have Texas and Dallas. But uh, what did you think of what the Sooners ended up with?
1: Is that not an A plus home schedule, Steely? I mean, it's pretty you good. Get the big ticket in the SEC, obviously with Bama. You get the Beamer Bowl, the first ever matchup on the gridiron between Oklahoma and South Carolina. Plenty of subplots there, especially on the off chance that Spencer Rattler sticks around for a sixth season with the Gamecocks. And then, of course, Josh Heupel and the Tennessee Vols coming to Norman, coming to Owen Field, and that ought to be an interesting uh Interesting dynamic leading up to that game, obviously, with the history, not just between Hypel and OU, but Hypel and Venables and how sour of a note things ended on between Hypel and the Oklahoma football program. So if only for the sake of the storylines and for the sake of the hype – and public interest in those games. I don't know if you could have picked three better ones than Alabama, Tennessee, and South Carolina. I love that home schedule for Oklahoma. Absolutely, yeah, it looks love good,
0: it. no doubt. And uh, you know, LSU and Baton Rouge is always exciting. Now, of course, if that's a night game, it becomes a a, a ten. If it's an 11 a.m. or an afternoon game, it's it's not quite a 10, but it's still a good solid eight. Old Miss going to the Grove, going to Oxford, uh, that'll be a good trip for Sooner fans as well. They've only had one meeting, of course, with Old Miss, the loss in the uh, Independence Bowl, which was a great story from Brent last night. Just a great story from Brent about kicking off to Deuce McAllister at the end of the game, and his impression of Bobby Jack Wright was absolutely one hundred percent spot on. It was great. Then you go to a Jordan air Stadium to play uh, the Auburn Tigers, and again, uh, you know, some cool stuff there. They they seat about what eighty-seven thousand. You had the uh, War Eagle. You know, flies in and everything. Columbia, Missouri. Eh, that's you know, that's I'm not like going to a relative that you know you like a lot and you love them, but you know you don't really like to visit that much. That's Missouri, right? And then. Of course, Texas in the Cotton Bowl, but I thought it was great. I thought it was great. I'll tell you who else was fired up. Paul Feinbaum on the SEC Network. Here's what he had to say about uh, the draws for Oklahoma and uh, Texas and what it all means.
2: I think this is one of the most exciting, meaningful, seminal moments in the history of the Southeastern Conference. And Just to think about Josh Heupel taking – his tennessee team back to where he made his name in in norman think about alabama returning there i i I covered that the last time there uh on on just an amazing atmosphere and and when you flip it around georgia going to texas and florida i mean georgia right now is the team everyone is shooting for so Texas and Oklahoma both benefited. And one more thing, Dory, I just remember two weeks ago, it seemed like a year, we were in Destin and listening to all the critics and all the cynics say that the SEC blew it, that they didn't do the right thing by going to nine. I, I want to see nine. I think most people do. But they did an amazing job, and, and I think they, they shut everyone up tonight.
0: It was, uh, it was fun. I thought the show at Rudy's was uh, absolutely fantastic. I think Brent was at his best. It was great. Uh, some debate as to who had the, uh, the tougher draw, who got the tougher schedule. Was it Oklahoma or Texas? Can we hear what uh, Brent, as Bobby Jack Wright, has to say about that?
1: As Bobby Jack Wright? Yeah. I, so I, uh, You know, I'm too young. To have experienced a whole lot of Bobby Jack right? but mm-hmm. I, I hope to experience him tangentially here through Brent Venables. Let's take here, a listen.
0: Yeah, here we go. And
3: Bobby Jack says, "Well, hell, I'm not sure what the debate is. We kicking this sunba- uh, We kicking this thing off. We been covering him and killing him all night. You know, we're gonna kick off." <laughs>
0: That was the story uh, when Oklahoma had taken the lead late in that game in Shreveport against Ole Miss, and uh, they were, you know, they had stopped Deuce McAllister, who was leading the country in kickoff returns, and they got the lead late in the game. And Bob asked, "What's hey? What's everybody think? You know, should we kick again?" And uh, that's what Bobby Jack said. And Deuce McAllister took that kick sixty yards. Uh, past well past midfield, and uh, I think Ole Miss made a first down and then kicked a game-winning field goal to win it. So Bobby Jack had felt pretty confident, but Deuce McAllister, that final time he touched the football on a kickoff, made a play, and Ole Miss went on to win that game. But uh, so Texas got Georgia, Florida, Kentucky, Mississippi State at home. Away games, going to College Station, we all thought we would see that, and we did, Texas A&M. Arkansas also in Fayetteville, and they go to Nashville to play uh, Vanderbilt. So, uh, you know, I think the Sooners got the to tougher slate. But what what was uh, a little bit crazy to me was seeing some of the uh, tweets, not a lot, but I would say, I don't know, maybe 20% of the tweets where most of the fans were fired up, you know, here we go, you know, let's not just dip our toes it. Let's wade right in and get into it. Uh, we knew what this was going to be like, but some fans are like, man, that's a tough schedule. Oh, my God, you yeah. Yes, you you made the decision to go to the SEC. It was going to look like this. What did you expect? <laughs> I mean, um, I, I'm fired up. It it looks like the Alabama game again. We're thinking September 21st for that game. That one of those games where you know right off the bat you get a great SEC matchup early in the season. Uh, maybe the same with Texas and Georgia. But um, I like it. I like it a lot. Now, the main thing with the Sooners, obviously, is man, you got to turn this ship around because uh, they Titanic last year in many ways. And uh, luckily, they got on some uh, lifeboats and, uh, and there were survivors. There, was, there were some who didn't, obviously, who aren't here anymore. But uh, I was encouraged to hear Brent Venable say last night, uh, you know, at the show at Rudy's, you know what? Sounded to me like he feels pretty confident about the offense. He thinks if they can play better defense, and he said he expects them to, then they have a chance to win 10 or more games and possibly hang a banner. So he's talking, obviously, about a Big 12 championship banner. But, um, you know, and I think that's kind of what we all think, get better on defense. Dylan Gabriel plays a little bit better, make a few more plays in crucial situations. <clears throat> Pardon me, and the Sooners can uh, get this turned around. And as we've said, Parker, with this schedule, you need to go out and win 10, 10 or more.
1: Yeah, you have to win. T- whoa, Duke's fired whoa. up.
0: Duke's very fired up. He's agreeing with everything we just said about 10 or more wins. You was, heard him.
1: I was about to launch into a diatribe on the Sooners schedule, but I'm like, dang, I can't take the floor from Duke. But there you go. Duke himself agrees. 10 wins for the Sooners in 2023. And that's kind of what it's got. If you win nine, I mean, that's, that's okay. I think that's acceptable but not desirable you need to win 10 games looking over this schedule. And with the way that you feel like Oklahoma upgraded across the board in terms of talent from last season to this year, if there's an Achilles heel anywhere on this roster, obviously it's the interior defensive line. We've talked about that at length. That's kind of the biggest question mark right now, but I don't have a ton of questions elsewhere across the board. Tight end I can see becoming a question if Austin Stogner can't stay healthy, but – this is a team that has the talent to go win double-digit games and play for a Big 12 title, and that needs to be the expectation this fall for Oklahoma.
0: Yeah, you need, uh, you need some momentum back in the program uh, on the field because we've seen it in recruiting. Last year's recruiting haul was really good. Hopefully they can follow that up and stack another uh, really good recruiting class on top of what they did last year. And uh, I, I like the culture. I like what Brent's selling. And, uh, you know, they're, they're involved with NIL, but it's not all about NIL. Uh, so I, I like, you know, the chemistry there that I think is going to be maintained in the locker room. But the one thing that can uh, break that apart is losing football games. And uh, you don't go 6-7 and seven in Oklahoma. I think, again, uh, this year we've, we've made the argument this could be One of the most important years, if not the most important year in Sooner football history. Not in terms of, yeah, you got to go out and win a national championship, but man, you better get some really strong belief, not just in uh, with your culture and, uh, you know, guys liking each other and getting along and chemistry and all of that. Now that usually translates to wins. That's what happened with the 2000 team, Um, you know, because they went seven and five that first year. And uh, you know, made a lot made some plays to win football games. Last year, they didn't make enough. Uh, I do like what Brent is selling, but you've got to go out and win. they need to they really need to get uh, the ship turned, like I said, in the right direction, heading into 2024. That's pretty obvious. All right, here at Caven's Group, Mike Steely with you. Duke is out here. Gary's out here. We'll have Gary on here in a little bit. Caven's group, the best in the business, 4055733048. In Tulsa, 918-282-7612, online at CavensGroup.com. Also want to thank a, a great Sooner, and he also has a great company, Tim Lasher. Lasher Home Comfort Systems. When you think of dependable, reliable former OU players, Tim Lasher is right up there. Big field goal in Bedlam, big field goal in Lincoln. Many clutch field goals throughout his career. His company will also come through in the clutch for you. You need heating and air work done. Give them a call, 405-579-3113. All right, we're underway. What do you guys think? What excites you most about this slate the Sooners got yesterday in the SEC? How you feeling about Brent and company having a turnaround, maybe a breakout season in year two? Let's get your thoughts on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. Here in the home of Sooner fans, the ref. Back with you at Cavens Group on a Thursday edition of Steel Man and Thune here on the Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Radio Network. We've got Duke out here, very fired up about the SEC. You heard Duke Parking in the background. We were talking about the Sooners. Can they win? Ten or more games, and uh, Duke could not stop barking. And now Duke is, I think, looking like he's preparing to take a nap. All right, 405-651-3439 on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. The U.S. Open is underway at L.A. Country Club. Going to be a lot of fun watching how this course plays over the course of this uh, event. They've got some birdieable holes out there. They've got some really cool holes out there. It's a very Kind of a well kept secret of a golf course. The Playboy Mansion's right over there, one of the most exclusive clubs in America, uh, right up there with a place like Augusta National, the LA Country Club. And right now, Ricky Fowler is in a three way tie for the lead, along with Dylan Wu and Xander Shoffley at three under par out at the L.A. Country Club at the U.S. Open. By the way, I'm looking at these scores. They're very tiny. But you know what? No problem for an old man like me because I know Dr. Bellardo. I have been to the Advanced Laser and Cataract Center, and uh, it's helped. It's helped a bunch. So if you want to eliminate uh, your reading glasses, you want to see better, you're over 40 like me, you're either farsighted or nearsighted, you need to call Dr. Bellardo. I have known Dr. B for years and years. They've got a great, very professional staff over there. I trust them. Go check them out. See if you qualify for lens replacement or cataract surgery from the experts at Advanced Laser and Cataract Center. Dr. Bellardo and his team over there, they've been the leaders, no doubt about it, in vision correction for over 20 years. They're the SEC. Everybody else is group of five. Call today, 405-755-7700 for your free consultation from Dr. Bellardo, or you can go online, To ALCOK.com, like they always say over there, if you want to see far or you want to see near, you want to see both, yes, you have to come here to the Advanced Laser and Cataract Center. All right, Parker, you want to get to some texts?
1: Let's go ahead and see what the folks are saying on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. A listener in the 405 says, with the exception of Mizzou, all of these games will be must-see TV.
0: Yeah, I I mean, uh, some are better than others. Uh, Clearly, to me, the best home game, how can you not say Alabama? And I know there are great storylines with the balls coming and Josh Heupel and Shane Beamer in uh, South Carolina. Uh, LSU, again, on a Saturday night, Uh, there's no, you know, really – they are great environments in college football, but that one rates up with the very best. Going to Oxford and the Grove to see – Old Miss will be fun, and uh, I think Auburn will be a nice trip. Missouri again, like I said, your familiarity with Missouri. uh, Does Missouri have, would it be like Missouri or Bandy with the smallest stadium in the SEC? For Oak Field, I still think seats around 53,000, maybe 55, something like that. But, um, you know, I'm pumped up. I'm fired up. You know, I I think it's going to be great. We'll see what they do with their other uh, non-con opponents. They have Temple and Tulane on the schedule right now. They have two spots to fill. Joe C. said it would not be Army. But uh, you know what else I loved hearing last night, Parker? Talk about got to upgrade the tailgating experience. Because, look, the OU fans are great, but the game day experience will be mid, middle of the road in the SEC in 2024 unless they upgrade it in fact it might be in the uh, lower third of the conference just in terms of game environment tailgating environment they're gonna have to step that up now i would love to see lindsey street come back i love what brent said last night grass will regrow and you can take care of that stuff they need to create a better environment around the stadium and look i know they've tried but a lot of it feels very corporate and you know what i mean and i know you've got to take money and, and that's that's the bottom line, but it, it just started to feel a lot more of a corporate experience than it did a fan experience. So I hope they can change that around. That would that would be good.
1: Ohio Sooner on the text line says, I'm ecstatic about the schedule. It's the perfect text uh, test, excuse me, of the culture that Brent is trying to implement. To be the best, you have to beat the best in the schedule. It gives us an opportunity to do that, not to mention our top ten class of twenty twenty two and our top five class in twenty twenty three. We'll have another year of experience under their belts. Good points there. Uh, another listener in the 417 says, to those concerned about the SEC schedule, good gracious, this is what we want. We're an elite program on the brink of returning to that status. Let's go. Take on all comers. Don't shy away from expectations. Boomer.
0: There you go. And, you know, I think part of the apprehension, and like I said, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe 10, maybe 20% of the uh, the tweets I saw last night, and 20 is probably a little bit high, but there were a few people out there, man, you're talking about a tough schedule. The Sooners got this and got that. It, yes, uh, Tim Tebow, we'll play the clip a little bit later, said that the Sooners really got served by uh, Greg Sankey and company with this first schedule. But, again, it's the Southeastern Conference. They're really, I mean, with the exception of maybe Vandy, Uh, you know, it, it's not like, you gotta show up and play some good football to win. Now, some games are much more difficult. Bama, Georgia, LSU gets rolling. Um, but the Sooners, you know, we, we talked about the, the all-time history of the AP poll, uh, from 1950 to 2023. Who's atop that poll? All-time. Most points ever in the AP poll. It's Oklahoma. It's not Alabama. It's not Georgia. It's not LSU. You've got a proud tradition. Get better players in here, particularly on the interior of the defensive line, and then just start playing Oklahoma football, and you will be fine.
1: Russ in Atlanta says, We need to win 10 games or more this year just, just to get Paul Feinbaum to shut his pie
0: hole. Do you like pie hole or yapper better? I Would like you yapper better. The pie hole is... Uh, I mean, pie sounds good, but once you throw the hole in there, it doesn't sound good. So... I would rather go with the old Matt Foley. You know, shut your yapper. Brad. From Just my personal preference.
1: Brad from Shawnee says I'm fired up for the OUSCC schedule. Frisco Sooner says my thoughts on the schedule is how much BV and staff is going to use this as a springboard for recruiting. There's no doubt this schedule is brutal, but if you're a high school kid who loves to compete and wants to be recognized, who in the hell wouldn't want to play this lineup? We're talking about massive exposure. Brazilian Sooner says if Mule Shoe was still here. He would faint at that SEC schedule. Not Brent. Got to win this year first, though.
0: You think if Muleshoe was still here and he would have shown up at Rudy's that he would have started crying when he saw the schedule release?
1: Uh, He probably would have. Much like when Chandler Morris tried to transfer to TCU and Muleshoe tried to block his eligibility, he'd probably instantly start looking for a loophole to try and get out of playing Alabama and Tennessee.
0: Yeah, I I think Shoe's a loophole kind of guy. I I definitely agree with that. No doubt about it. Um, Yeah, I I think that, again, it's going to be fun, man. It's going to be – look, the Big 12, it was – I don't know. It's – how many trips can you make to Ames, Iowa? And, you know, this felt like yesterday, since the announcement came out, this was like the first moment of, all right, this is happening can't wait. It's almost like look, you got to focus in and play the 2023 season, and hopefully Oklahoma bounces back in a big way. Uh, and by the way, speaking of the uh, the uh, the text we had about can Brent use this for recruiting Willie? Yes, absolutely. If you saw the show last night, Brent said you don't think I'm going to have a guy, you know, print these out to uh, to give out to recruits where they're in for the champion barbecue. Absolutely, they are. So you know, um, so again. The Sooners, they go out and they win 10-plus this year, and who knows? Maybe they pull a TCU. I don't think it's going to go that far, but I do think they're going to win double-digit games, get momentum back. Then you get a good uh, another good recruiting class, and then you start in 2024, and Jackson Arnold and P.J. Adabare and Peyton Bowen and all these young guys are the real deal. Then, uh, you know, you'll you'll be able to uh, get in some punch-outs with everybody in the league. <laughs>
1: from a listener in the 405 mule shoe would have immediately started crying and screaming code brown code brown code brown <laughs>
0: uh, it was a good crowd at rudy's last night i thought brent i thought what brent was at his best he had a big smile on his face there were a couple of occasions last year not a bunch but there were a couple of occasions where you could see the season was beating a little bit of the uh enthusiasm out of brent and that's very hard for it to happen to a guy like Brent Venables who wakes up and does that long run and, you know, gets to work and and is fired up every day. But, Parker, you were there at some of those press conferences and the the post-game press conferences. There were a few occasions where you could tell the season was taking a toll, even on an exuberant guy like Brent Venables. But I, I thought he was great last night at Rudy's. If you missed it, Get back on Sooner Sports and uh, go watch that back because it was fantastic.
1: i tell you what, he was super effervescent this morning at camp too. I'm standing there on the sidelines talking to Michael Boganowski's father. The Boganowskis are already in town for Michael's official visit to Oklahoma. And Brent walks up and just starts telling us, a story from James Skalski's playing days back in Clemson. Very exuberant smile on his face. He's talking about how Skalski stuffed a fourth and goal to preserve a win against Georgia Tech. Just felt like Like I don't know if the SEC schedule release was kind of wind behind Brent's sails. Something to get excited about long term at the University of Oklahoma, not just in the short term. We're trying to rebuild a roster and revamp a defense, but uh, definitely feels like you're right. he He was at his best last night at Rudy's, and that energy seems to have carried over into today at the Sooners' final elite camp. So Brent Venables, if nobody else is excited about this SEC schedule, nobody else is excited about... Uh, the teams on the slate for Oklahoma next season in 2024. Seems like Brent Venable sure is.
0: No doubt. All right, we're here at Cavens Group. We're getting here hear from Gary here in a minute. Uh, let's take a break right here. want to thank Year uh, Home Comfort Systems again, 405-579-3113. A lot more talk. You know, as Duke said in the tweet I put out, Duke in a barking way basically told me this show, you know, means more. It means a lot more. It's almost time for the SEC, but one more year in the Big 12. How about the Sooners closing it out with a Big 12 title? Would that be nice? Coming right back here on The Ref. Gary Cabins is the man, and uh, Cabins' group, they, uh, they have been the SEC of this business for a long time. The Bama and the Georgia, everybody else is playing in group of five,
4: you know, playing in a
0: minor bowl every year
4: gary how you doing how's business doing great doing great steely business is good it's good for sure Yeah, i i would say you are more of 74 75
0: 85 2000 oklahoma i know you you would rather identify with the sooners because you're a sooner fan but uh you know what i'm saying you you guys set the standard all right so we might get some Severe weather tonight. I don't know what the latest forecast is, but I was here, and, you know, my wife's always up on that stuff. I'm like, just tell me when I need to get in the storm shelters. pretty much my deal. But, um, so let's talk about dealing with that, but also the summer months are ahead, and I think maybe some people that are not very smart, like me, think, well, you know, there's nothing really in the summer. Just make sure you have your air conditioning, and mold surely can't be a problem, but, you know, just because, uh, you know, the rain and the, the wet weather eventually leaves us and it gets hot doesn't mean there are other issues that can crop up. So let's talk about tonight and what to look at as, uh, it, you know, the temperatures rise out here.
4: Most definitely. You know, tonight, you know, last I saw, they're still forecasting for some uh, some storms tonight. The last one I kind of saw is they said everybody needs to be home by 8 o'clock for when the storms cut, roll through. We actually have some uh, roofing crews coming back from Kansas City tonight, so I told them maybe to stay the night again in Kansas City and come back in the morning. Um, but you know, they say that the weather's gonna break loose. You know, if you need emergency board ups, you need uh, tarping, um, water extraction, um, structural drying. Uh, any kind of that stuff. We have actually all of our crews on call tonight already. Um, so normally we have uh, certain crews on call one week and then they rotate the next week but during weather weather events like this, we go ahead and put everybody on call and on standby so that if it is a, uh, uh, a big uh, weather event, or we have multiple crews that can respond at a moment's notice and we have a live person that answers the phones 24-7, 365. All you have to do is you know, call that number, and you know it's like you always say. Put that number in your phone. That way, if you need us, you don't have to look it up. All you have to do is do it. You, you call us. You can put Caven's Emergency 405-573-3048, or look us up online and then program it on your phone 405-573-3048. And if you have, you know, a water, fire, um, storm event, uh, emergency board up, car accident. I've seen several cars hit houses lately i saw a car hit a building Um, there's a vet office in norman that got hit by a car a few days ago Um, so we're you know we're seeing a lot of that and we do that too structural securing the site and uh, doing the emergency repairs till the insurance can get out there and look at it and then we can help with the build back if necessary too
0: somebody i know put uh, your uh, your number in the uh, phone which i was like that's a really good idea and uh, so I took a guess because they said, you talk about Cavens all the time, and they sound like they're the best. What What do you think makes them really that good? And I said, well, Gary's a good guy. They're good people over there. But uh, I- I'm guessing here, number one, when you have an emergency, you need somebody there pronto, not, not tomorrow, not the next day. You guys have more crews than anybody else. Then you need the best at dealing with these emergencies that know the latest techniques that have been to all these schools and all these seminars to know what's the latest way we can make this uh, cleanup job easier, more efficient, better. Uh, also, you help deal with the insurance company stuff. You know, you can get involved there where you, you just want to make these people relax and feel like, okay, we have an answer. And, again, you need to do that quickly. And because you have so many people and crews they can get out there, I think that, that makes a, di- a big difference. That was my pitch anyway.
4: A hundred percent. A hundred percent, Mike. And, and that's what we're here to do. We're here to respond fast. Uh, our crews are highly trained. Um, I go travel all over the country taking seminars and doing training, uh, getting the latest and most up-to-date um, techniques for Doing this in this industry in the emergency construction industry it's changing every day it truly is there's new techniques there's new ways something that's big that's brand new uh, I went to and took a class on this and this is uh, and we've started doing this we've actually performed some of these um, and uh, what we do is we go come out and do fire testing now and so fire testing is if there's a wildfire near your house within 10 15 20 30 miles and a smoke plume, the wind the oklahoma wind which we know is always blowing blows that smoke plume towards your house well you can actually have soot ash um, and smoke damage in your house and not even know it well you know depending on what that fire is burning it could be poisonous soot ash and smoke and so what we can do is we can come in and test and basically tell you if, if you have it what kind you have and what needs to be done to get it cleaned up. And we can write this whole report on it. Uh, We have testing results that come from a third party lab, a scientist that actually looks at this stuff. This is state of the art, brand new technology. It's great stuff. Um, And so, you know, we get those wildfires in Oklahoma where the wind blows them down. And, and this will really help out keeping your family and your employees healthy. But it also goes to house fires, too. You have a house fire. Um, say so you have a kitchen fire and the insurance is saying the upstairs not affected. Well, we can come in and do this testing and we can say, mm, according to the science behind it, our laboratory, our scientist that's actually, you know, a scientist will look at it and um, he'll say, hey, you know, this, is, uh, this has got soot, smoke, and ash it needs to be cleaned. And then you can issue that to insurance company, and basically then it gets cleaned. So, you know, this is um, really good stuff. If, if you are been around a wildfire, you know the smoke's coming to, around your house, or if uh, you've had a small fire at your house but the insurance doesn't want to clean everything, or if, uh, you know, you're in, living a, down the street, the house down the street caught fire, and it was a pretty big fire, and the house burned down, but all that smoke and ash got through the neighborhood, you know, we can do this testing. State-of-the-art stuff. Uh, I'm telling you, Mike, it is amazing stuff, and it is really good for the health and safety of for business owners, for their employees, and homeowners, for their family and their kids. I mean, this is uh, what we're all about with this emergency construction stuff. Stay of the art. Um, come in. We figure this stuff out and help you take care of it, and work, you know we can work with your insurance company, too. But, you know, you talk about the investigative side, it's really grown with Cavens over the years because now we have the mold, we, uh, investigation and testing, water intrusion investigation, uh, and now we have the fire investigation.
0: Yeah, you, you know, I. I didn't even think about that, and I'm sure a lot of people probably have it. If you have a building or something that uh, you, you know catches fire, and you, whether it's a home in your neighborhood or a business that's not far away, and with all the wind in Oklahoma, I can just hear the 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 uh, the lawyers' uh, commercial. If you were affected by poisonous gas <laughs> from this place, call the law firm of Smuck and Shy- Shyster, You know, yep. so you better be careful about that stuff. So, all right, uh, Gary, you guys are unbelievable. You're always so hospitable out here and uh, best reputation in this business. Cavens Group, 13 years in the business. They give back to the community. They do a fantastic job. And, again, I think it would be smart. Put this number in your phone. Put it in contacts. Cavens Group or Cavens Emergency, like Gary said, 405-573-3048. If you're in the uh, Tulsa area, it is 918-282-7612. Gary, thank you.
4: Thank you, Mike.
0: Gary Cabins, ladies and gentlemen, and they have a a great collection of office pets over here, Duke and Simba. Duke is, uh, well, Duke gets very fired up, and Duke is currently napping in the corner right now, looking very, very relaxed. All right, let's break right here. Let's come back and get right back to your text next, all right, 405-651-3439. What Tim Tebow said about the Sooners' draw, I know you guys love Tim Tebow. We'll hear from him when we get back as well. Stay with us here on the Home of Sooner fans. All right, back with you here at Cavens Group on this Thursday. Mike Steele out here. Parker back in the Buffalo Wild Wings studio. SEC opponents revealed for Oklahoma last night. Home games with Alabama, Tennessee, South Carolina, Road trips to Baton Rouge to play LSU, Old Miss, going to Oxford, Auburn. Uh, that will be interesting as well. And to wah, 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 Columbia, Missouri. So there you go. Uh, Texas got Georgia, Florida, Kentucky, and Mississippi State at home away games to College Station to renew that rivalry with A&M. Going to Arkansas side of uh, some historic games, particularly that 69 game between the Hogs and the Razorbacks and going to Nashville to take on Vandy. So, uh, And, again, what happens in the next year, the the Texas opponents become the Sooners opponents. We just need to find out, uh, you know, home or away on those. Tim Tebow. Still haunts Sooner fans. Oklahoma, really, it was Percy Harvin who uh, was the the main guy that night But the Sooners lost in that national championship game without DeMarco Murray, but uh, Tim Tebow and the Gators got it done against the Sooners in that championship game. Uh, and he was on the SEC Network last night and asked about his reaction to seeing uh, – the opponents revealed for Oklahoma and Texas. Here's what uh, Tim Tebow had to say.
3: Uh, I'm just so excited. I think it's great for the SEC. I think overall it's great for Texas and it's great for Oklahoma. Um, fantastic brands. Um, you know, people know their brands, you know, nationwide. Shoot, I've been in a lot of other countries and I see, you know, the Longhorn so many places and OU so many places. And I just think it's great for the SEC. I think the SEC is continuing to establish dominance, great teams, great brands. Um, I'm so excited to watch these teams play week in and week out in the SEC. But I got to tell you, Peter, dang, the SEC gave Oklahoma a gauntlet in 2024. (laughs) Like, let's talk about, they got to play Texas, Alabama, Tennessee, South Carolina, LSU, Auburn, Ole Miss, and Mizzou. Come home, man. Like, what a gall at year one. Hey, that's like, you know, giving someone a hug and a spanking at the same time.
0: (laughs) There you go, Tim Tebow talking about uh, the Sooners draw. All right. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line belongs to the Ref Army, and you must do your part. And you guys do, and ladies do, every single day, 405 651 3439. Let's get there. From a listener in the
1: 405, Duke sounds like Steely's spirit animal. Gets upset and barks for a few minutes, then tires out and falls asleep.
0: That, that, <laughs> that's pretty good. That's the leader in the clubhouse for tweet of the day. That's pretty accurate right there. Yes. Uh, from the
1: 405, does it make sense to play Dylan Gabriel this season and then go into the SEC with an inexperienced quarterback, or should they play a freshman to allow them to get experience? I, look, people are going to have varying theories on what the best course of action is, inevitably. I'm firmly of the opinion that you don't play Jackson Arnold in 2023 unless you have to, at least not in meaningful situations. And that's no knock on Jackson Arnold. Obviously, you throw that guy into a situation where you need him to play well and you need him to lead your team to victory. I don't question that he's capable of doing it. But with a guy like that, I think it's also best for his development if you don't have to rush him into those scenarios. And you can allow him to sit mostly on the sideline for a season, learn the offense throughout the week on the practice field, get more comfortable, build rapport with the receivers, and then in 2024, it's full speed ahead. There's plenty of precedent, right, for a quarterback not starting until he was a redshirt freshman, not getting rushed into action, and then balling out as a first year starter i mean bryce young did it at alabama cj stroud did it at ohio state I'm going off recent memory here obviously drake may was phenomenal last year in his second year at north carolina so there are benefits to not rushing a guy into action so could you play jackson arnold substantially this year in order to gain him some experience for the sec sure Is it going to raise your bottom line enough to make it worth the risk of getting him injured or worth the risk of undermining the team's chemistry by benching their leader in Dylan Gabriel? No, I don't think it's worth it.
0: Yeah, and it's what do you think? Play Jackson Arnold as much as you can without burning the red shirt.
1: Yeah, agreed.
0: You know, that's it.
1: Mark in Newcastle says, how many hug spankings do you think Muleshoe gives Clark Stroud on a daily basis?
0: Hmm, I don't know. I don't know. That's, uh. you want to answer that one, Parker? <laughs> well,
1: Mark set the over-under at 6.5, so.
0: I'll take the under on that, but, you know i i do think that mule shoe would have cried last night if he had to go to rudy's and talk about that schedule there would have been he would have been you know trying to act tough guy but you would have seen some tears in his eyes probably maybe not but i i would like to think so
1: a listener here in the 405 says the 2024 ou schedule will be one of the toughest but the 1986 ou schedule was scary number three ucla at yep. number two miami at number four Nebraska, not to mention at ranked Oklahoma State, ranked Texas, ranked. SMU Colorado. at
0: the end of the year? You throw that out there?
1: I you would know better than I. Yeah. But SMU, I guess that Ridge, was kind of the golden yeah, age Ridge, for SMU football.
0: Was uh was that the year was that I'm trying to think, um, was that the year maybe that they started out except the season opener at Minnesota September 28th. Yeah, that uh, I remember that UCLA team that came to Norman that Oklahoma beat handily, had uh, Eric Ball and Gaston Green, the uh, tailback duo that I mean the uh, the sooners were just unbelievable. Um, you know, those teams were were fantastic. and uh, Eric Mitchell, I believe, the backup quarterback from Pine Bluff, Arkansas. Came in and did a reverse, uh, not a reverse, but he reversed his field and scored on a quarterback option, and uh, that was a big-time game. The Sooners dominated that game. So, yes, uh, they have played. Miami was a real pain in the butt, Hawks, back in the day, though. Miami had speedy athletic linebackers that could run, you know, a little bit with OU's wishbone, and they were really good up front with guys, too. They were just – those Miami teams were the Sooners kryptonite back in the day. Brandon no from the
1: 405 ads, I'm just so excited that Texas is no longer the biggest name on our schedule. Self-admission, I tend to give away tickets for KU, West Virginia, TCU games, etc. Will not be giving any away next year or 2024.
0: Yeah, and like I said, one of the things I was really excited about was was hearing uh, Joe Harris and Joe C. talking about tailgating. I mean, it sounds like they they realize the situation. They've got to upgrade that. Like I said, I think it has been way too corporate, and any time you get corporate involved, it's never fun. It's, you know, you make more money, but it becomes a more stale environment. It doesn't feel like, uh, you know, as much as a College, campus, environment, tailgate should. Um, you know, will they go back as Lindsay Street and play again? I hope so. Make it fun again. Sometimes it's about the dollars. I get it, but now you're going to get more from the SEC. Let's make the fan experience much better around the stadium. Way too corporate. All right, break time right here. Coming back, and uh, let's talk sooner recruiting next right here on The Ref. Welcome back to Cavens Group. Cavens Group, simply the best at what they do. Emergency cleanup when uh, you have a fire issue, when your pipes break, if you're building your office building or your home floods, when you see mold growth. Cavens Group, the very best in the business in Okaba City Metro Area 405-573-3048 in Stillwater, 918-282-7612. Caven's group, I I would again think a really good thing would be to put that number in your phone contacts because you want to call the best. You want them to be there quickly. They they're number one, they're going to get there faster than anybody else. They have more teams and they have the best teams. But when you have something happen that is not cool to your home or business, you want to call them first and you want that number right there because you need Cavens to be there pronto and they will be there. So why not put that number in your phone, uh, in your contacts, Cavens Group, Cavens Emergency, whatever, 405-573-3048 in uh, Tulsa. online at cavensgroup.com. Also, Riverwind Casino, ladies and gentlemen, they are the best in the business. Over 2,800 electronic games. They're nearly up to 3,000 now. They've always had the best games, including your favorite table games, a big time poker room, off track betting. They've got high stakes areas. The new gaming floor looks absolutely incredible. All of the renovations. Uh, If you haven't been out to Riverwind lately, you're you're, going to go, wow, this is even better than it was at Riverwind Casino. They also have the best bars and dining, incredible hotel right there attached to the casino. Their service is impeccable. Uh, They're the best at what they do as well at Riverwind Casino. That's why Justin and the crew over there year after year after year in these uh, metro surveys or polls, they are voted the best uh, casino in the metro area. Great, great promotions, the new beginnings and winnings promotion. They have drawings uh, for those uh, who are trying to win their share of $80,000 in cash and bonus play Saturday evenings and the grand prize Saturday evening uh, just before midnight, so take part in that. The new member seven, if you get a Riverwind wild card, you don't have to buy the wild card, a standard Riverwind wild card. Now, you can you know, uh, upgrade to a leader or premiere or whatever, but your standard Riverwind wild card will get you involved in all of these promotions. You can hear your name called sitting there playing gaming machines to win a prize or cash or bonus play. The new member seven is a great program. Get your wild card. You can earn up to $450 in one day. All right, 405-651-3439. Okay, Parker, Sooners get some help. Uh, on the defensive line from a mountain of a man, Danny Sa'ili from Hutchinson Junior College, 6'2", 390 pounds. What do you think?
1: Well, I mean, it feels like the OU staff said, okay, Derek LeBlanc doesn't want to stick around. We'll just go get two of him from the JUCO circuit. And that's yeah. basically what Danny Sa'ili is that is a large human being, Steely. When was the last – who's the heaviest sooner? You're the perfect person to ask this question oh, to. Man. I was, I was asking this question to Brandon Drum last night on OU Insider Live, and we couldn't come up with any names of guys that have ever been listed on the OU roster north of probably 355, which I think Ray Walker was his yeah. sophomore or junior year. Like, who's the heaviest sooner you can wow. recall?
0: I <sighs> – Moe Dampier was pretty big back in the day, and he turned into a great towel waver uh, for a five-star. But somebody, I'm, I'm sure the text line will come up with this. I remember uh, Mike Vaughn was Mike USS Vaughn, uh, offensive lineman for OU, back in the 70s, really good player. I can't remember how big he was. How big – Neville Gallimore was shorter, though, wasn't he?
1: He wasn't terribly short, to my recollection. But he
0: wasn't. Was he six two? I would have to go ahead and Google him up. Okay, but uh, Neville Gallimore. I'm trying to think. Might have been. I don't think he wasn't that. He wasn't big. much
1: bigger than three fifteen. Yeah. Twenty.
0: Yeah. But when I'm, you, you know, I'm just trying to rack my brain and think who else was that big. All right. This is where the ref army comes in. Do your duty. Go ahead and Google away. Uh, we've got so many hardcore Sooner fans, a lot of them who go way back. That'll give us a good answer on this. But I'm just throwing um, Mike Vaughn out there in offense, but I don't—he wasn't quite that big. Um, there are yeah. some saying <laughs> Phil
1: Lodeholt, big Phil.
0: Yeah, there you uh, go. That's a good one. Was,
1: gosh, he was hefty. That's it. That's a good point. Excellent um, call obviously orlando brown was huge mm-hmm. i don't know that he was near that i think he was in the 360 neighborhood yeah i gotta look up phil loadholtz listed weight uh because he was enormous he was six foot eight three forty five so even he like i think bray walker is still winning. <laughs> somebody said how about old stock car McDougal?"
0: stocker mcdougall what a great name from days gone by
1: He had a he had a few good years. He had some years.
0: Yeah, he did. He was a good player. They just uh, they uh, I love John Blake as a as a person, and I know you can talk about NCAA problems or whatever. But John, if you were around him, was a charismatic guy, really a good guy. Just don't think he was um, he was he was more of a position coach, recruiting greats. you know, I just don't, as a head coach, obviously it didn't work out, but they, they had they had a few players back then. Stocker McDougal was one of them, and he was on, you know, he, he hung around for a while after, uh, you know, the disastrous years, but was a good player.
1: Uh, wasn't there a Jerry Craft that was a mountain, said Sean?
0: Um, I remembered that name. I, again, somebody would have to research it. I just don't. I can't recall the exact weight, but and Mike Vaughn, you know back then, I don't know, my guess was Mike Vaughn might have been three twenty or something maybe I, I so, but I just remember they it was Mike USs Vaughn um, but i'm I'm sure there are gonna be some answers more of them coming in on the ref Army on the text line.
1: Somebody on the text line said Rico Harley was four bills.
0: Rico Harley. Yes, he was pretty big. I don't remember him being that big, but I'll take your word for it. (laughs) That sounds like a pro wrestler, right? Rico Harley, too?
1: Spencer in Tulsa said Mark Mangino.
0: (laughs) Oh, geez. Oh, Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch back in the day. Uh, One of the greatest press conference moments still. Anybody want to know what's going on here? Hmm? That's right. BCS. Dollar Signs. About ten minutes later, Mark Mangino has issued a statement saying, but he was right. He was exactly right, Mark Mangino. I love Mark Mangino, and I know some of the stories from KU. Old school, not cool. Okay, we're back. Sorry about that. It, we just got zapped. I mean, just boom, out of nowhere. Usually you can tell when a signal's having some issues or something, you'll hear the digital max headroom sound. But we just got Zapped, just, and it was gone, just like that. So, apologize for that, but that means a, long, a longer second segment for you. Uh, I am blaming one of two culprits, uh, either the aliens or a mule shoe spy.
1: Aren't there aliens out in Vegas? Didn't, didn't I see a video circulating on our Twitter of a UFO landing yeah, in Vegas? Apparently. They're uh, out no, okay. there. Could be They're a deep fake. There. Anything can be deep faked these days. It seems like.
0: I think the aliens will come in peace. Maybe they uh, start their own school and maybe develop a football team. Would it be, you know, conference realignment? You bring alien state in, or so they would have to be in <laughs> Roswell, right? Alien
1: state. Yeah. Yes, they would be in Roswell. No question about that.
0: The Roswell aliens. I bet they could taxes. Texas. Maybe. Okay, 405-651-3439. By the way, uh, we are going to give away, and we'll do it uh, going into the next break, two general admission passes to the uh, Corn Ferry Tour event, the Compliance Solutions Championship at the Jimmy, the Jimmy Austin OU Golf Club, next week. It's going to be big time. We're going to give away two general admission passes to... The Compliance Solutions Championship again at Jimmy Austin, going into the break. So be listening. Uh, I'll give out a numbered caller, and uh, you call in. All we need is your name, your email, and your cell phone number, and we will get uh, those general admission passes to you. By the way, the U.S. Open's going on at L.A. Country Club right now, and again, first major ever at the L.A. Country Club, which is a cool deal. This is one of the most uh, exclusive kind of secretive clubs they used to play. I think they played the L.A. Open back there like in the 30s. But, you know, um, it's super exclusive and not very well-known. I mean, it's like Augusta exclusive. Uh, But it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out with these holes and, you know, where they put the tees. And, you know, you can have the 650-yard par 5. You can have the 90-yard par 3. You know, it's going to be really intriguing. I, I'm, I'm really curious to see how this course plays at the L.A. Country Club. And let me get, where in the heck is my PGA Tour app? It's here somewhere. Why don't we take a text real quick. Let's, let's get to a couple texts, Parker. 405-651-3439.
1: Tyler from Kellyville says, Alien A&M is already wanting to start a rivalry with Alien University.
0: There you go. Alien a and from they would be, uh, would they all stand around the field, all the aliens, and have a fake sword with them afterwards, protecting the uh, the turf like they do at a.m.?
1: From a listener in the 918, Alien State would have a massive NIL package, I'm sure.
0: Oh, no doubt. No doubt about it. Uh, by the way, at the U.S. Open right now, just a quick check Jacob Solomon and Ryan Girard. Uh, well, Jacob Solomon, four under par, Ryan Girard uh, at three under par. Dylan Wu at three under par. Also at three under par tied for second, Ricky Fowler threw nine holes today. Xander Shopley, three under par. Ricky's been playing a lot better golf, so this is uh, maybe Ricky Fowler could win that major. You remember Ricky was uh, at the top or near the top of the list of the best player that never won a major for a long time. He's not really on that list now, but he's playing better golf, currently tied for second at the U.S. Open. Uh, Max Homa is in a tie for six. The mother big name, Scotty Scheffler, uh, has moved it to one under par through ten. John Rahm is at even par through nine. Victor Hovland, who's been so close in majors, hasn't quite closed the deal, did win the Memorial at Jack's Place recently. Hovland at one under uh, through nine holes later today. Former Sooner Abraham Answer, Phil Mickelson, will be teeing off here in just a bit. Uh, just Just getting underway, Jordan Spieth. Uh, later today, Brooks Kepka later today, and Rory McElroy later today out at the L.A. Country Club. All right, 405-651-3439.
1: Ohio Sooner says Albuquerque has a baseball team called the Isotopes. New Mexico That's right. is definitely where the aliens are going to
0: land. Yes.
1: Uh, Shane in Newcastle wants to know, is the new defensive lineman on scholarship? Yes, Danny Saili is on scholarship, did have several other Power 5 offers absolute unit and a guy that I think more so the plan for him at OU is see how you can develop him reshape his body feels like a guy that you're optimistic could be a rotational piece in the SEC because of his size and how well he moves with all of the width there but probably not somebody that you see on the field quite a lot if at all in 2023
0: all right, Champion Barbecue coming this weekend, and we know that uh, Will Nguyenary was in uh, last week for his visit, and uh, the Sooners are very much in the mix. A lot of people, I know Parker still feels like they're, they they are have a slight lead. Tennessee and Oregon certainly are there, and there are more visits to come. But uh, Champion Barbecue this weekend with David Stone, Nigel Smith, you've got Caden Durham and Taylor Tatum, the running backs coming in, Samaj Jones, the quarterback, Caleb Beasley, um, What is the best, what you would say, realistic possibility for the Sooners in terms of getting good news either right after Champion Barbecue Weekend or within a week or two? The best realistic news. Now, the best news would be David Stone commits. Is that realistic? Mm -hmm. I don't know. What do you think, Parker?
1: Yeah, I don't – like, realistically – I think the best you can hope for coming out of this weekend is two, maybe three commitments. Just haven't talked to a lot of these guys that are coming in for the champion barbecue. It does seem as though many of them are going to wait to make their decisions until the month of July, which I mean, that tracks that very much lines up with the surge that Oklahoma saw last cycle. And so if two, three commits is all you get, you're still feeling fine about where OU stands in the long run with a lot of these guys. And I think here's a perfect example, right? Caden Massey, the three-star offensive lineman out of the state of Kansas. OU lean right now. Feel pretty good about him ending up in OU's class. That's the type of kid where you look at his offer sheet and OU seems to be the most impressive option available for him. And you figure, okay, like he'll commit on the visit because he'll be blown away. And I don't question that's the case. But him, Michael Boganowski, several other guys that ostensibly would be on commit watch have already said, nope, you know what, going to finish out my OVs. I'll make a decision publicly at that point. Both of those guys are going to take Kansas State officials next weekend following the Champion Barbecue. So a lot of these guys will have official visits remaining. I look more at a guy like James Nesta, the four-star linebacker out of North Carolina who's going to be wrapping up his official visit swing with this trip to Oklahoma. It's a guy like that where you know he's coming to the very end of the process here one way or another, whether that's in OU's favor or in somebody else's favor. That's the type of guy that you can foresee committing pretty immediately in the aftermath of the champion barbecue visit. But the majority of these announcements feel like they're going to be July announcements.
0: There you go, and some of this has again boils down to Oklahoma's recruiting policy. Because if uh, you know they're going to commit to Oklahoma, it's got to be all right. You're committed, no other visits. So, um, you know, I think that's one of the reasons we talked about last year why uh, why it would be like the Sooners running the marathon and uh, having to you know having a big kick towards the end of the race. You know, uh, and it's kind of what happened. Uh, David Stone, if you had to put a percentage chance on him committing after Champion Barbecue within a couple weeks, what would that percentage be? Around 10%? Would it be higher? What do you think?
1: Okay, say, hang on. Say this again.
0: David Stone, the chance, and I know you talked about it's going to be July with a lot of these kids, but let's say David Stone committing to Oklahoma – Within two weeks of Champion Barbecue, if you had to put a percentage on that.
1: 25%. 25
0: That's not bad, actually. Yeah, not bad, but that, not good. Yeah, yeah. But because David Stone is, I don't know, as great as the, uh, you know, Sooner fans are ecstatic to have JFA as their quarterback of the future, to have P.J. Atabare. Uh, And to have Peyton Bowen, you would think if these kids, uh, they'll they'll all have great chances to play in the NFL and be maybe major factors at that level as well if they pan out. And it seems like based on the early returns, you know, uh, they're living up to all the five-star billing. But does it feel like David Stone is even kind of bigger in terms of a domino for this class this year?
1: David Stone is the biggest domino, if you will that Oklahoma has had on the recruiting trail in years. And I would say he's easily bigger than DJ Hicks in that capacity, and I think Hicks was a slightly better player than Stone is, but because Stone is an in-state kid and has grown up around Oklahoma and taken so many dozens of unofficial visits to Oklahoma at this point, he's a guy that for every reason you have to have. If you don't get that guy, it doesn't matter how, it doesn't matter why, it's a disappointment. And it feels like you left something on the table in the 2024 cycle. So he has the potential to be either the biggest case of what could have been for Oklahoma of the 21st century or potentially, best case scenario, one of the guys that proves to be a keystone for one of the most impressive recruiting classes of the 21st century for Oklahoma in the 2024 cycle.
0: Yeah, it, it just feels huge. And I know that I talked to somebody, well, you know, he's an Oklahoma kid at IMG and all this stuff. How really is he really that tied to the state of Oklahoma? Why would he leave? And I'm like, well, these kids who go to IMG, they want to play with the best of the best and, you know, practice against the best of the best um so how deep do those oklahoma roots run is kind of what my buddy was asking me and you still think they're pretty deep
1: yeah he's an oklahoma kid yeah he plays at img sure but he's spent most of his life in the state of oklahoma so oklahoma is home for him he will tell you as much img is just kind of a detour and there's a reason why you really only see miami Seriously, in the picture for Stone right now amongst the schools down in that vicinity. And we we understand why Miami is in play for top prospects in general, right? So there doesn't seem to be that same regional pull for David Stone, and that tracks with the notion that Oklahoma is what he considers to be his home turf.
0: Yeah, it's going to be uh, interesting to see how it plays out, but it's just – it's a, gig- a gigantic get for Oklahoma if they are able to, to land David Stone, and a lot of people still think that will eventually be the case. But, man, you you lose out on that kid, and that's going to be uh, – I mean, last year the D.J. Hicks deal was devastating. Uh, this would be bigger. and That, you know, on, uh, on signing day when Peyton Bowen picked up the Oregon hat, you were like, what? Uh, But that changed, you know, within 24 hours. That situation was remedied, but that's going to be huge. All right, I mentioned some names uh, coming in for Champion Barbecue with Stone, Nigel Smith, Taylor Tatum, and uh, Katem Durham, two great running backs, clearly. Samias Jones, the quarterback, Caleb Beasley. Uh, Who is another name out there that you think is big, but maybe flying under the radar a little bit coming in this weekend.
1: Well, I would say, I mentioned him earlier in the segment, James Nesta, without question, a four-star prospect to the linebacker position, a legitimate two-sport athlete who's got a very bright future on the baseball diamond as well. If Oklahoma can lock up that kid, that's a much bigger addition than anybody understands right now. I'm honestly surprised there's not more talk Amongst the OU Twitter army, not a whole lot of buzz about OU and that kid on social media from the fans. Maybe it's because he keeps to himself and hasn't really done any interviews throughout the entirety of the recruiting process. But if Oklahoma ends up landing James Nesta, his impact goes beyond football because he's got the potential to be the ace of the staff or a key arm out of the bullpen for Skip Johnson two or three years down the line as well. So I mentioned it already. But the process is coming to an end for him. He took the official visit to Miami, took one to North Carolina. Oklahoma is his last scheduled official. Those are his final three, Miami, UNC, OU. So not only does Oklahoma get the benefit of the final impression, but that's an offer that he was blown away by. And the opportunity to develop under Brent Venables is very attractive to him, not to mention – well, I was I thought it was interesting. When I talked to him after he received the offer, he told me that his high school essentially runs the exact same defense that Oklahoma runs under Venables. And so there's a very natural positional and scheme fit for a guy like that, at least in his eyes. And so if that's a guy that pops over the weekend, man, I don't know that it will get a ton of play on social media. I don't know that everybody's going to go, James Nesta, oh, hell yeah. 'Cause I just not I'm not sure whether they're really that acquainted with his name yet to feel that good about the addition, but that's a very, very nice ad for Oklahoma's twenty twenty four cycle if you can lock down that kid.
0: All right, we get a break right here. Mike Steely, along with Parker Thune, Steel Man and Thune, here on the Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Radio Network. When I mentioned uh, Champion Barbecue, uh, Duke woke up from his nap and has been paying very close attention to everything being said and seems to be very content with the information that Duke just got here at Cavens. All right. Oh, Nirvana. Love Nirvana. We're going to take a break, go right back to the text line, but I want to let you know right now, Caller number one on the Riverwind Casino Hotline, 405-329-9000. Caller number one, first one through, giving you two general admission passes to the Compliance Solutions Championship, the Corn Ferry Tour event at the Jimmy next week. Caller number one, first one through, 405-329-9000. You will get two general admission passes to the Compliance Solutions Championship. I'm, on, I'm waiting for... Cobain and company, to really get it going here as we go to break. Heart-shaped box. We'll be right back. We are back. I'm here at Cavens Group on a Thursday. Mike Steely, along with Parker Thune, back in the uh, Buffalo Wild Wings studio. Opening day at the U.S. Open, Ricky Fowler was tied for second. I think it would be really cool to see Ricky Fowler win. But I don't think he will. You know what would be the craziest scenario? Phil Mickelson is a six-time runner-up at the U.S. Open, and we know some of the disasters that have uh, befallen Phil in the past at the U.S. Open. Hasn't happened in a while, but he's had many chances to win the U.S. Open. You know, and think about what he did at the PGA a couple years ago. Just uh, at Kia was spectacular. Oldest player ever to win a major championship. So, Uh, But Phil, you know, career grand slam would be the U.S. Open. He's won at Augusta, you know, for for a while. You know, we all kind of thought, man, Phil should be really good at links golf. He's so creative, you know, with uh, his shot making. But he wasn't. And then he ends up winning a Claret Jug. Wins, uh, you know, he's got a couple PGAs now. But the U.S. Open, if Phil Mickelson somehow won with all the lib PGA stuff and all the animosity and you know, Phil's reputation, taking a hit, and, um, you know, just think, uh, you know, all the way back to when it finally started, when the Shipnuck book, when they were talking about, yeah, you know, well, they are some scary MFers, but they they, they have golf now, the Saudis do. But imagine if Phil Mickelson won the career Grand Slam, finally broke through at the U.S. Open with all this stuff. That would be That'd be a fantastic story is what it would be. But it'd be crazy. All right. 460 uh, 405 461 3439. That's 405-461-3439. Are you with me uh, tomorrow, by the way,
1: Parker? Just revision. 405-651-34. 651.
0: Okay. See the old man I don't have the I, I thought. Uh, that I've just been going without having any numbers written down. I'm like, I've got this, and that's the uh, second time it's happened this week. So clearly I will be in a home soon eating tapioca, tapioca pudding and peaches. Won't be long. Are you a syrup
1: or no syrup guy with your canned peaches?
0: I, I don't. I'm trying to remember the last time I ate a peach. <laughs> I listened to Eat a Peach but with the, uh, the Almond Brothers, great album, but it's been a while. It's been and a long time.
1: It's about to be peach season.
0: Peach I ice cream's love, good though. I love too. me some peach.
1: Uh, by the way, I don't you probably don't make this drive very often, Steely, but Stratford? No, not Stratford. Not Stratford. Okay. There's a there's a spot in Fairfield, Texas, which is in on the drive between Dallas and Houston. It's about an hour south of Dallas. Fairfield, Texas, there's a spot called Cooper Farms and they have fresh peach everything. It's delicious. Peach cobbler, mm. peach pie. Uh, they got all different it's not all peach stuff. They got all different types of fudge and you know milkshakes and all that type of stuff. But they have incredible peach ice cream that they make with the peaches that they literally they grow it out back behind this. It just looks like a standard convenience store, but it backs up to a peach farm. It's some of the best stuff I've ever had in my life, Steely. That peach ice cream from cooper farms
0: that sounds good that sounds really good when's the last time you had the uh homemade ice cream it's been a long time for me but i can see i go back to the really olden days where you had to crank that thing and if you were like a little league pitcher your arm was worn out you if you did that for a while with the fro the uh the homemade ice cream but man it was good yeah i
1: never i never had to do a hand crank we we would make homemade ice cream but we had a uh a mechanical churn
0: That's because you and yours are soft. We used to have to work for our ice cream, Thune, back in the day. I had a sore shoulder for two weeks, but that bowl of ice cream was worth it. Soft. This generation and their mechanical, automated stuff. You know what I'm saying? By the way, you know who won
1: the tickets uh, that we gave away in the break?
0: Let's see. Who won uh,
1: Doug from Norman? Not Doug from Norman. It It was OU Lou. Really? OU Lou from Hennypin.
0: There you go. That's representing
1: a Knippelmeyer Chevrolet. Make sure and hydrate. Regular. Make
0: sure and hydrate next week, by the way.
1: Kendall says, wrong, Parker. Porter, Oklahoma is the peach capital of America. I I didn't say Fairfield is the peach capital of America. I simply said Cooper Farms is really good if you're into peaches, which I am. I have never been to Porter, Oklahoma, but I think we worked it out. Going to do a remote there this summer during the Peach Festival, which is that important? or is that in Stratford? Gunny, help me out.
0: Hmm. I know Stratford peaches are famous, too. By the way, we'll have to play peaches by the United States of America, or not, the, uh, the presidents of the United States of America going into break. Millions of peaches. Peaches for free. Um... I think we should do that into the break. If I okay. mean, you know, making your job more difficult, I know, but it would be a nice transition. All right, 405-651-3439.
1: Elsewhere on the text line, hey, Parker, what can you tell us about Andy Bass? Well, that was an offer that went out during camp on Tuesday, and it was interesting timing, Steely. Very interesting timing, because for those unfamiliar with Andy Bass, six foot... 205-pound athlete from Heritage Hall High School up in OKC. This dude is absolutely jacked. His muscles have muscles. And if you want some context for how well he moves, Steely, how about this? Gavin Freeman won a state title in the 100 meters with a 10.68 as a senior. We generally regard Gavin Freeman as one of the fastest players on the OU roster, right? Right. Andy Bass won a state title in the 100 meters, with a 10.56 as a junior.
0: How about that? So,
1: we're talking about a fun football player in Andy Bass, and he picked up the offer from Oklahoma. Is he
0: quarterback at uh, Heritage Hall?
1: Uh, He does play quarterback. He's got several FBS offers as a quarterback. Oklahoma has offered him as kind of a hybrid running back. So, essentially – You view him as being the same type of guy, at least conceptually in the Oklahoma offense, as Xavier Robinson, which Andy Bass gets this offer while Xavier Robinson is on his official visit to Oklahoma. So you can interpret that in numerous ways, but it seems like Oklahoma is trying to send the message to Xavier Robinson with that offer. Like, hey, come on, jump on board. Otherwise, we got your replacement lined up. And you know Xavier Robinson's kind of been dragging his feet for a little while, obviously has entertained Notre Dame as well as Iowa State. OU is his last official visit that is scheduled. And so that's it almost felt like OU telling Xavier Robinson, hey, you're in or you're out right now. Like let's let's go or let's go our separate ways. Because we want to take somebody for this third. Almost positionless spot. Yeah, he'd technically be classified as a running back, but more of an H-back when you think about conceptually what that type of player has done for the Oklahoma offense in the past. And so feels like Oklahoma is telling X, hey, either you want to be here or you don't, and you better let us know quick.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's, it does seem that way. I saw a video of the kid, man. He did look uh, like an athlete. There's no doubt about he's, it. No he's, question.
1: He's, a, he's kind of a one-of-a-kind kid, Steele. You don't see many dudes like this anymore where they're kind of sought off. Again, he's not that tall, 5'11", 6' type of range, but very muscular, stout, stocky, 205-pound build. And generally, those guys are your more bowling ball type football players, right? But, no, this guy's a straight burner again 10.56 in the hundred meters you will find you will find that Oklahoma has signed plenty of skilled position players in years past that have gone on to have very successful and productive careers at Oklahoma that have never sniffed a 1056 in the 100 meters
0: better uh, better prospect in uh, baby Gronk uh,
1: I I'm I don't know how hot of a take it is I would go with Andy bass over baby Gronk if go. I only had one spot left in my recruiting class, I would hold baby Gronk off until I knew whether Andy Bass was committing to my school or not.
0: Yeah, um, where does baby Gronk's dad rate right now on the list of worst humans oh, currently he's, living? He's the worst sports dad I've ever seen, Steely. and He like, makes it, Marv Marinovich look like, yeah, that was nothing.
1: Like, Here's the thing. In my line of work, Steely... You deal with and spend time around a lot of psycho dads. None of the psycho dads I have been around hold a candle to Baby Gronk's dad.
0: So it's uh, Baby Gronk's dad, number one, Marv Marinovich, who never let Todd eat a Twinkie, even back in the day. And uh, you know the cream filling that he missed out on. Oh, come on, should have let it, Marv. You should have let Todd have some Hostess products. They've done me good, not really. Uh, And number three, probably Jerry Bomar back in the day uh, among helicopter dads. But baby Gronk's dad basically is a sign that's everything wrong with society and social media. Coaching up his kid, that kid is either going to serial kill or wind up in in rehab with a lot of problems, and there's about a 2% chance he goes to play, you know, did, Big you, time did you see somewhere. the
1: video on Twitter the other day of the oh, yeah. dad feeding answers yes. to his kid on the spot? How about
0: those losers that were teeing it up for him?
1: Like, we all had our suspicions about everything being about the dad more so than the kid, and the kid basically being He's in, in fourth S-
0: grade. He's
1: he's like a hostage.
0: We have that audio. We can play it in the next segment. No, I no. think it's either under six thir- six dash yeah, thirteen no, or I, six yeah. dash. But it's, it's, if you haven't seen it, and if you're on social media, you probably have, but it's, first of all, these two clowns who are teeing up the questions for him, and the dad says, yeah, no, 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 say it this way, you know, uh, trying to create this video. It's, we live in such a look at me, look at me, look at me. I need my likes, I need my, it's so pathetic. I mean, it really is. I know I sound old. And look, I like social media, too, but the amount of people who need the spotlight on them all the freaking time is pretty sad. And that's baby Gronk's dad. All right, break time here at Cavins. Mike Steely with Parker Thune. Let's come back, get more texts in. Uh, U.S. Open update on the way. Keep it right here. The home of Sooner fans. I'm thinking about peaches, too. Here you go. Millions of peaches. Peaches for free, peaches for me. And uh, whether it's Porter, Stratford, or where's that place in Texas? Fairfield. All right, we'll be right back. Okay, one last segment here, Steelman and Thune. I'm out at Cabin's Group. Great, great place. Good people out here that do a lot for the community as well. They're not only the best in emergency and cleanup services, they're just uh, good people, great reputation in the community. They give back. They've given up uh, $480,000 to the community back into the Norman, Oklahoma City community and communities uh, that they serve. Uh, and, again, they're the best whenever you have an emergency issue, uh, fire issue, maybe your pikes break, you get some uh, flooding, uh, mold growth, stuff like that. Like I said, a pipe bursting could be a big problem as well. They're the people to call, and they will respond quickly. They've got more crews than anybody else. They've got better crews than everybody else, and they are getting the very latest instruction. Cabins Group, they are the best. In the Norman, Oklahoma City area, 405-573-3048. In Stillwater, 918-282-7612. Ricky Fowler is the sole leader at the U.S. Open at the L.A. Country Club. Uh, he is at six under par through 12 holes, a two-shot lead over Xander Shoffley right now. Some of the other names out there. Uh, Scotty Scheffler is in a tie for fourth at two under par. Max Homa, who's played well in L.A., won at uh, Riviera, of course, and has always played well out in that area. Uh, Max Homa is at one under par, tied for 10th. Victor Hovland at one under par, tied for 10th. And John Rahm is out there through 10 holes at even par. Later today, former Sooner Abraham Anser, uh, Phil Mickelson going. um, uh, I think it is locally he's going like at 1 o'clock. So we're going to have golf into the evening tonight, folks. Don't worry, Shay, I can watch it on the phone. Uh, Jordan Spieth later today. Brooks Kapke later today. Rory later today. But Ricky Fowler right now solo lead at the L.A. Country Club and the U.S. Open. Okay, uh, 405-651-3439. We can get a few more texts in before we get out of here. By the way, I loved uh, you guys the other day on with Teddy. I knew Teddy's story about coming to the OU camp, uh, but the Arkansas story, uh, and it was Houston Nut was was there, but they were going to look at him at a kind of a running back spot so he could have been a Peyton Hillis type back in the day at Arkansas. How about that?
1: Yeah, and he just got on the bus instead of going to the coach's office to officially get the offer from Arkansas.
0: Yeah, good story. I like it. And uh, Arkansas, you know, and the Sooners through the years, the uh, that Orange Bowl disaster was the one that stands out. Now the Sooners came back, got revenge in the Orange Bowl, Uh, Back in the 80s, then they played in that incredibly cold, boring Cotton Bowl matchup. But uh, I can remember as a kid that lost to Lou Holtz and the Razorbacks. When Roland Sales rolled for 207 yards as a freshman, the Sooners had a chance possibly to win the national championship and uh, just laid an absolute egg that night in Miami against Arkansas. But uh, the Longhorns, somebody was asking this the other day, Parker, and kind of the more I think about this, because, you know, Texas's history, Texas is a little bit like Notre Dame, and maybe to an extent USC, that they have a lot of rivals. Oklahoma, I think, is number one, but A&M is really close, and they're going to renew that rivalry in the SEC. Arkansas has been a rivalry. They played some big games back in the 60s, game of the century then. Uh, for the Sooners, you know, Texas is clearly going to be number one, but with the Cowboys out of the picture and the uh, you know, with the uh, Sooners headed the SEC, who would be Oklahoma's rival in the SEC besides Texas? And I think it might end up being LSU because it, it looked like, you know, A&M and LSU were developing a rivalry. They're playing later in the year. But maybe with more of the uh, Texas playing Texas A&M, maybe – it could be Oklahoma and LSU as kind of like secondary rivals. What do you think?
1: Well, I kind of think it has the potential to be Tennessee because of the hypo factor.
0: But I'd love to see Tennessee more than LSU because I can't deal with those scumbag LSU fans that much. Just saying. Who is Duke
1: accosting at the moment?
0: Well, we started talking about LSU and Duke went crazy.
1: Ah, not a Brian see? Kelly fan, huh?
0: Yes. He can recognize a phony... And continues, you know, you mentioned Mule shoe and that happens too. By
1: the way, I love this text from Mark in Newcastle. This is hilarious to me. There's a kid in my neighborhood that knows everything about OU football recruiting. We call him Baby Thune.
0: That's classic. I love it. But I would say that Baby Gronk's dad currently is really rocketing up the worst human being on the planet, polls very quickly. No shame whatsoever. I mean, none. And we've all seen Little League parents out there that are like, oh, my god." Have you gotten putting, a you
1: know... DM? Have you gotten a DM from Baby Gronk?
0: I have not. Have you?
1: I have, yes. I am yeah, one, well of, you're... one of the hundreds.
0: I'm an old dude who nobody cares about. So you're you're in the recruiting game. So I, I don't think I will be getting one from Baby Gronk. I'm not worried about it. Baby Gronk's dad. It's pretty sad, though. No, it's not pretty sad. It is extremely sad. Thanks to uh, – Gary and the crew out here at Cavens Group want to thank our friends at the one and only Riverwind Casino. Can't wait to get out there, see Justin and company out at Riverwind tomorrow. Always a great time. Everybody have a great Thursday. Locked in. Coming up next.